Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are into the final half hour of today's program. In just a moment, I am going to tell you the story of a Pennsylvania cheerleader who uh, got cut from the JV team and sued the school. Well, that lawsuit may be considered by the Supreme Court. Yeah, a lot happened in between uh, her getting cut from the team and the Supreme Court finding the case on its desk. And I'll share those details with you in just a moment. Looking forward to that conversation. But I need to follow up on something from the last segment. We were talking about who qualifies for the $600 stimulus check that is right now a matter of U.S. law. Now, uh, there's an asterisk there because there is a chance. I think the House is going to pass it, no problem. It'll ultimately be up to the Senate. Uh, as to whether or not that $600 amount is augmented, increased to $2,000 per qualifying American, plus the same amount for dependents. To determine what qualifies you to receive that is based on your income from 2019 reflected in your tax return. If you haven't filed 2019 taxes, your 2018 income will be evaluated by the IRS. And it is uh, that number that will initially determine whether or not you qualify to receive that money. Now, the question that I had, and one that has come up uh, a number of times, both in conversation and also in the Utah Community Credit Union text line here at 57500, the question being this, what if, what about those individuals who in 2019 or 2018, did very well. Did very well in terms of gaining an income, earning an income, that disqualifies them for the stimulus payments, both the one of earlier this year plus the one uh, of either 600 or $2,000 uh, coming on the horizon. What if that person who did very well in 2019 or 2018 was disqualified due to past income, but then in 2020 fell on tough times for whatever reason, uh, be it COVID related or who knows, whatever the case, what if your income in 2020 fell below the level uh, qualifying you for stimulus check? Well, uh, I didn't know the answer. Before the commercial break, I, I had no idea. Uh, and I got a little bit, uh, some insight from a tax preparer who sent me a text message, and I real quickly reached out to uh, some of my former colleagues in, in Washington, D.C., and I uh, am in front of me. Uh, I've been provided with a document to straighten this out. Uh, the document comes from the office of Representative Tom Rice. Uh, Representative Rice uh, represents a, a portion of South Carolina as a Republican. He is on uh, the, the House Committee on Ways and Means, and he uh, has created a stimulus check, frequently asked questions document, drawing from the law itself. And now I'm just going to read you this one question and the answer, and I think I think that this will uh, satisfy those uh, who were in that situation. Didn't do so. Uh, didn't do uh, well enough to. Or what am I trying to say? Did did very well. Did well enough to be disqualified for the stimulus check in 2019. Their income slipped and fell below the level, thus qualifying them for the stimulus in 2020. What happens with those individuals? Here's the question. What if I expect my 2020 income to be substantially different than my 2019 or 2018 income? Here's the answer. Quote, the advanced stimulus payments 
advanced stimulus payments will be determined based on 2019 income or 2018 income if that is all that's available to the IRS. And the final amount of the benefits will be determined based on 2020 income and settled on the 2020 tax return. So individuals who ultimately qualify for more money than they receive this year, a person whose income drops from 100000 to 70000 for example, would receive the rest through a larger tax refund or smaller tax payment in early 2021. But for those who ultimately qualify for less money than they received this year, a person whose income rises from 70000 to 100000 may keep the advance payment and will not have to pay it back. Okay, so that is, that is uh, good information for those two categories of people. Those whose income fell below the threshold going into 2020, you will receive any stimulus payments that you didn't receive based on your 2019 income if it was higher. And then conversely, if you, in 2019, earned an income that qualified you for the stimulus, and then in 2020, things picked up, you, uh, I don't know, got some kind of big giant raise, and you found yourself earning more than, say, 100000 you get to keep all of the stimulus money that you received in 2020 without the obligation to pay it back. You got that? So if you fit into one of these categories, uh, there you go. Uh, There's the information that I was unaware of until, uh, thanks to the office of Tom Rice uh, in the House of Representatives, I didn't know. It'll be made whole. Uh, Okay, shoot. Uh, I have, again, gone off on a tangent. Here's the story, and I want to get your thoughts on this in the next segment. The phone number to call is 801-575-8255. The story uh, starts in a gymnasium in Pennsylvania as a young woman, a freshman on the JV cheerleading team, had her sights set on varsity, right? I can remember I can remember playing JV basketball in uh, ninth grade and wanting to be on the varsity. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, it was track. What was it? Whatever it was, the story illustrates that I am not athletically gifted and did not make the varsity team. I am aware and well familiar with the feelings that come from not making the cut, uh, trying to get onto varsity. Swimming? What was it? I don't remember. So long ago. <laughs> Luckily, I come from a small town. I still have uh, pretty regular contact with some of those coaches. I'm going to find out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out which, which sport I didn't make the cut for, or if not all of them. All right. I, I, I never played varsity basketball. I know that. <laughs> it was basketball. Anyway, in Pennsylvania, spring of 2017, a young woman is on the JV team. She wants to be on the varsity team. She tries out, and guess what? Doesn't make the cut. Sorry, you didn't make it. Sorry. Some other young woman did. And when the JV cheerleader who didn't make the cut was out with her friends that weekend on Saturday, she took to Snapchat and sent a message to about 250 of her friends. You remember how Snapchat works? It's uh, it's there just for a moment and then dissolves, but you can take a screenshot. And that, that was her undoing. You see, the message she sent to those 250 friends was uh, very disparaging. Let's put it that way. Disparaging of her public high school. She used some choice words, constructed with four letters, as a matter of fact. And uh, extended one of her fingers to the sky. 
Yeah, I know Snapchat disappears. How could anyone? Yeah, screenshot. That's right. Uh, someone on the receiving end of that uh, took a screenshot, shared it with one of the coaches. Uh, ultimately, it was shared with district officials. And in response to the disparaging comments against the school, this young woman was who hadn't made the varsity cut. She was also uh, expelled, suspended from the JV team. She could keep coming to school, but she was not to be a cheerleader in that school year, varsity or JV. Well, guess what? She, along with her parents, decided that to, uh, they would sue the school on the grounds that her First Amendment rights had been infringed on. Well, guess what? The courts, all the way up to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 3rd District in Philadelphia, agreed with the case. And that these First Amendment rights were, in fact, violated. So the question is, the question is, should a student be punished for things they say outside of the school setting? Does a public school, effectively an extension of the U.S. government, does a public school have the authority to usurp the First Amendment rights? You know, we have to call them what it is, what they are. Of someone voicing an opinion, disparaging or otherwise, outside of the school setting. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. If you want to call in and weigh in on this, 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Uh, let me hear what you have to say. Should this case... Should this case be heard by the Supreme Court? It's on their desk now. Before them is a decision to make whether or not to adjudicate this case. Your calls and more details on this exciting case ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We're talking about Pennsylvania cheerleaders, one of them in particular who in the spring of 2017 had decided that being on the JV team wasn't satisfactory. No, I'm going to try out for the varsity team as a freshman. And listen, you've been to high school. That's a big leap. I gave it a shot once. Failed. Basketball. They wouldn't have me on the varsity team. In fact, if I'm honest, they never, even when I was like a sophomore, junior, never made it. I don't know. They told me too short, too uncoordinated. I don't know. I didn't make it. I understand the frustration. And I might even understand the inclination uh, held by this young woman, too, on the weekend after she was informed that she would not be a member of the varsity cheerleading team to take to, to Snapchat. And post some, we'll call them disparaging comments, towards the high school. A few four-letter words used. In those comments, plus a photograph of a uh, a certain finger <laughs> extended towards the sky. Well, you see, that post was a screenshot was taken. It was Snapchat, and so that's the that like dissolves after some time, I guess. But you can get a screenshot, and that's what happened. That screenshot was delivered to some of the coaches, in turn delivered to uh, the big bosses at the school there, and the consequences handed down to this young woman, uh, were that she, for that school year, would not be a part of not only the varsity team, but also JV, where she had a position. 
no spot on the on the on the JV team. No cheerleading for that whole year. Well, uh, her parents, along with her, decided that that was unacceptable. So unacceptable that it was time to lawyer up and take this thing to court. Well, they did so. All the way up to the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. After winning case after case, the family sees themselves back in court in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third District. That's Philadelphia, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Philadelphia. Well, guess what? The youngster won. The aspiring cheerleader won. The wannabe varsity cheerleader, she won. Why? Well, because it turns out, at least according to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals there in Philadelphia, to punish, as a public school, an extension of the government, to punish a young person, or any person, for what they have to say outside of the school setting is a violation of their First Amendment rights. Now, things are a little bit muddier these days because, uh, of course, the, the Internet is not exactly a location-specific thing, and so there is uh, plenty of conversation to be had. And while there is this much conversation and uncertainty and it's really tough to determine exactly if the First Amendment was violated by the school or not, well, the Supreme Court has to decide now whether or not they will hear this case. It has been delivered to the Supreme Court for their consideration as to whether or not they will hear this case. I'm so torn. I honestly do not know what to think. I think that the the new nature, relatively new, I mean, we've had it for a while now, that the new nature of the Internet and the inability for, like, quote-unquote, offenses to be location-specific, you don't really know if the offense is committed, like, on-school property or off-school property, and if that even matters. I think we are to a point where the Supreme Court ought to be asking some of these seemingly meaningless or seemingly inconsequential questions. Because it is often the precedent set by decisions like this that have far more reaching implications. Far more reaching than whether or not a youngster from Philadelphia is able to make it onto the varsity cheerleading team. So my question to you is, what do you think? Should the Supreme Court be spending its time answering this question? Mary Lou from Provo joins us. Mary Lou, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. That should be hold on a so second. First, that, that should be a song title. Mary Lou, how are you? That sounds like that sounds like a song title. <laughs> okay, well, good. So first of all, why the, if she keeps winning, why are they going further? Sorry, and the, then my first my first reaction was, well, shame on the parents. Honestly, uh, why why they don't have the courage to tell their children that. Vulgar language isn't acceptable. I mean, we can express our disappointment in all kinds of different ways. And so that's kind of my my take on it. When I first heard it, I go, parents, what are you teaching your kid? <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's a, it's a First Amendment, but she can say whatever she wants. But, you know, sometimes there are consequences. Yeah. <laughs> To, to answer your to answer your first question, the reason it keeps the reason why uh, this case continues to find itself in various levels of the uh, judicial system is because the school keeps appealing. So the the, the youngster uh, identified in the court uh, papers only as B L uh, along with her father Lawrence, 
and her mother, Betty Lou, not Mary Lou, Betty Lou, uh, <laughs> the, the school keeps uh, appealing and challenging. And it is the school's uh, actions that are elevating it now, possibly uh, to Supreme Court considerations. That's, the, that's to answer technically your first question. And then to respond to your second point, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it as I am one now raising a, a young daughter, I feel the responsibility uh, for her behavior going forward. And I hope I hope and pray that as as she grows and I learn how to be you know a, a better and effective parent, that whatever lessons that I teach her ultimately don't lead to uh, you know the types of language used in in this tweet uh, or rather in this Snapchat posting. But then the question still remains, is that free speech? And I just don't know. And it may take the Supreme Court uh, to answer that question. Uh, Mary Lou, thanks again. Uh, beautiful name. Thank you for your uh, input. And thank you even more so for listening to uh, this program here. What do you think? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Here's a response. I'll, I'll read it. It says, just because you have the right to say as you please doesn't mean you have the right to choose the consequence. Oh, here's a good, here's a good reference. I'm reading this cold. Uh, it writes, the texter, Full House Season 1. DJ says to her dad in reference to the First Amendment, quote, does that mean I can say whatever I want? Danny responds, yes, and I have the right to say uh, that you are grounded. <laughs> A few of us still burn on occasion, uh, an occasional fire uh, alone. Uh, fascinating. So uh, <laughs> I wonder. That'd be great. If this does get picked up by the Supreme Court, how great would it be, uh, Texter, last four digits, seven, or, uh, 2859, how great would it be <laughs> if that episode of Full House Season 1 uh, is star- starring uh, Miss Laughlin, right, and Becky out of prison today? So congratulations. Sorry. How funny would it be if the Supreme Court case gets picked up and references made and we forever... <laughs> in the archives of the Supreme Court uh, read about Full House Season 1 where DJ talks back to Danny. (laughs) 